Put us. Those demons inside you. Mm. Oh. Oh. Let him go. Oh, it's too late. Oh, I'm dying. No way! I can't believe this! Oh no, man, come on. Oh no. Don't die on me. God damn it. Don't die. Fuzzy. Somebody did this. Well deserved, because we all made it now to what is the finale, the last episode, the third part of, and the closing of the miniseries entitled Halloween Havoc, brought to you by me, who this, host of the podcast called Something Spectacular, the miniseries Halloween Havoc coming to a close today with this third and final installment of. Now, have I been proud of putting my fears and past terrors and horrors on public audio display as I have in the past two episodes and now culminating in this third one? Eh, I guess. It's all right. I mean, we all got stuff we're embarrassed of, we're scared to share, per se, and put out there in a public format. But I did. I was brave enough to do so. I haven't heard anyone complain about it yet. If anything, I've heard people laugh, which was the intent to begin with as far as this miniseries is concerned. So I'm glad you got enjoyment out of it. You have commented to me, those of you that have, and said, hey, that was funny, or hey, that can't be true, and whatever else you might have said to me. And, well, here's the even scariest part of all. It's all true. All facts, no cap, as the kids say nowadays, too. Scary enough now, we have to adopt this whole new lingo. So who knows who's referring to what at any given moment, point in time, because regional differences, depending on your geographical location, we might butt heads as far as what one word means and how much you feel about me using it against you and vice versa. Most importantly, again, thank you so much for making it to this third part, the last part, something spectacular. Again, bringing you courtesy of who this, that's me. And by the way, that's an acronym for who's hearing out that intelligent spick speaking. May I remind you, as I do every time and every chance I get, that is D as in dog, A, T as in tremble, and fear as you have, building up to this very moment in time. So go ahead and suspend reality for just a little bit with me. Well, I'm actually giving you true, hard facts. It just so happens they all correlate back to a time and place where we try to suspend belief, at least momentarily, given the fact that it's one night per year. Dress up in costumes, try to hide who we really are underneath, literally mask ourselves to do so, and present ourselves to the world, the rest of at least amongst us, as someone else that we're not, clearly, I hope. Then again, some of you hoes take the makeup off and your yikes, some of you fellas take the masks off and, well, was there really that big a change or how'd you possibly get worse than how disfigured your butcher pig face mask hybrid could have possibly presented you? That might have been your saving grace of anything. You should have put that up as your Tinder profile pic or whatever. I don't know about Tinder, so don't ask me. But actually, speaking of Tinder, 
I don't know how many of you caught that interview that Kanye did with Big Boy from Big Boy's whatever it's called, the guy from L.A. Radio. Um, he's over there, Big Boy, not Big Boy from Outcast. But he did a sit-down interview with Big Boy and where he pointed out something where I wish would have been brought upon us on the album Jesus is King, which I'm not a fan of. That's scary enough. After three listens, full listens, mind you, when it came out Friday that afternoon, funny enough for a majority of us, I think, during our lunch breaks and throughout the day, try to give it the best chance I could, benefit of the doubt, first gospel-esque, fully religious-intoned album that he dropped. It's not it. Not at all. I don't like it. Like I said on my IG post, as far as my first initial reaction to the album, I wish I had a physical copy just so I can toss it out, just so I could drop it on the ground, stomp the jewel case it came in. It's, it's a lot of things, a lot of physical harm I wish I could do it to a physical copy of the album. It's how much I openly and using this public format, I'll say I don't like it. It's not a good album. Am I going to judge you if you somehow loved it or enjoyed it so much where you can't help but openly express that? No, that's on you. That's, that's for you to love and enjoy and be enamored with if that's how easily you're pleased. That is to the farthest of my extent at which I'll judge you. But it's, it's not a good album. Not at all. Way too short. The whole vibes of or potential promise of having like an actual choir building up to something beautiful and majestic sounding as all the Sunday services or the glimpses of that we got until now. It's not on the album. It's like, or it's more like we're talking to the father in the body of the son, completely lacking of the Holy Spirit. I didn't get a vibe. I didn't catch a mood. I didn't take anything away from this album besides the fact that he might have just been replacing much overdue and much needed therapy for the sanctity and the safety of, and for a lot of people, again, no knocks, no criticism, but for a lot of people, what they do and run and hide under the umbrella and the massive skirt of church or organized religion and try to lose themselves fully in that and have that as a scapegoat to what is otherwise reality or the harshness of the real world outside. Which, again, if you do so, it's fine. But it's so typical to, let's say, for example, like an addict of any sort, drugs, alcohol, sex, porn, whatever, they become so drastically clean and maybe potentially disgusted with how they lived before or how they were, like, knee-deep in it beforehand that when they get clean, they run to the thing that makes the most sense and become obsessed or addicted to that, a.k.a. church, or Jesus freaks, or fanatics of, again, just naming things off the top of my head, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, uh, Mormons, um, whatever else may be out there, uh, Scientology fanatics and all that, which, again, as far as I'm concerned, you ask me, I'm spiritual, I'll take a little bit of everything that is as far as deemed to be organized religion. And at the root of it all, there's a belief system that comes from one entity, one higher being in power and such. They got a little bit of truth to all of them. 
but at one point, men or men that kind of take and lift what they can from it, taint it by altering the truth to their preference or their benefit, and then begins the mass brainwashing. So no religion is the one and only true way or path to God or enlightenment or a better lifestyle or a guaranteed true path to whatever. That's how I feel. That's what I believe strongly. That you'll never break or shake me free or loose from. That's deeply embodied in me. And I thank my mother for that because when I was younger, at least, we went through a couple of different religious beliefs, her trying to find the truth, you know, being involved in a very toxic, violent, you know, emotionally disturbed relationship with my father up until he up and left and decided to. Thank God he did. Trying to find, you know, relief and solace in religion, which I don't blame her even till now looking back on it as old as I am now. I appreciate it because we got so many different angles of what the truth is according to from those groups of people to be able to take in and make our own, I guess, come up with our own disposition of how we choose to live. So I'm proud of my mother of doing that for having the open arms and open mind and spirit, most importantly, to do so. I guess experiment with the spiritual aspect of a life. So same thing too with her. She's done a lot of reading. She's well versed. She knows the Bible pretty much in and out. She's not a fanatic of, but she refers back to it. She she uses it ever so skillfully and wisely as a like a go-to, like a reference point, like um, I guess nowadays speaking online terms like a Wikipedia of sorts. She can correlate that to a lot of the books she's read stemming back to religious beliefs, stemming back to she's able to relate back to the Bible without coming off as preachy. Now, there is a sad fact that by nature, according to the Zodiac sign, there's a whole nother aspect of belief systems and everything too, which I do take part in and I do find a lot of truth in. There's the whole Zodiac. By default, she's a Gemini, I'm a Virgo, we butt heads, and boy do we butt heads. That is the one thing we always kind of found solace and was our common meeting ground, was spirituality, you know, getting to that next level, that higher plateau, kind of like that place where you're at peace at most with yourself on the inside. Now, if you know me, I can get kind of like... uh, I wouldn't say like angry, I wouldn't say upset, I wouldn't say like a bad guy or anything like that. I'm not that. Um, I'd say I'm more impassioned about things. I'm more like, uh, I like to get to the nitty gritty. I like to delve knee deep into what I'm doing and how I'm feeling. So I'm an open book kind of guy. I wear my heart on my sleeve, as they say. I don't really tolerate or put up with too much of the bullshit so I'm up front with things to a fault because that's where me and my moms would really butt heads a lot and just she's overly sensitive takes things the absolute wrong way it'd be something as simple as or again our common our most frequented argument 
I try to point things out to her like you can't think that way because what if you were that person coming from this angle, coming from this background and upbringing, et cetera, et cetera. But then she's stuck on how she views things. It gets, it escalates. It kind of gets heated a little bit too without it really meaning to get to that point. But then if she's so stuck in her ways, I'm just trying to tell her, hey, just loosen up and open up a a little bit and think about it from this angle. Then she's like, no, 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 it can't be. That's wrong, whatever. Then I say something like, oh, well, that's stupid of you to think that way. And then she takes it as, oh, you're saying I'm stupid. How could you? You don't talk to your mother like that. I said, no, you said something stupid. You're believing firmly in something that could be deemed as stupid by someone with enough common sense to know better than to just by the fact they'll believe firmly in what you shouldn't really at all or simply put. You're saying something stupid or you're doing stupid things, but you're not stupid. So then that turns into a whole thing that's always been kind of like a thing between us. But love my mother. And, and thankfully, she's exposed me to like different, again, belief systems, different aspects and realms of spirituality, a lot of literature, and just being able to be as open-minded as I've been, at least in that sense, thank God, to or not feel so succumbed to having one set in stone, cemented belief system. Which again, if whatever you believe in is whatever you believe in, you're not right and you're not wrong for feeling that way. So long as you feel and get something that's of use for the rest of us. And God damn it, it just turned into a whole review. Uh, off of that goddamn album. Well, and goddamn, it's holy shit. Literally, pun intended. Jesus King is not it. If I had to name something I absolutely fuck with or like, I mean, follow God. The beat is cool. Uh, The flow is like, he didn't take any risk on this album. That's what he's done with every album up until this one. I guess 808 and Heartbreaks was the one where he really took a risk and really did what no one else was doing. It worked because it was him genuinely what he was going through at that time and how he wanted to openly express himself and being an emo rapper. I guess he opened the floodgates to that. So he did that thing. Reinventing himself with whatever came after that. Uh, I, I forget the chronological order of the albums now, but <sighs> forgive me if I don't remember immediately. Actually, uh, fuck it, let me look it up. But, you know, point is, I'm trying to say, he took risk with, you know... um, 808 and Heartbreaks, that was a risk. It was different. It was out there. It was how he felt at that point in time in his life, whatever was going on. He put it out there, and it worked because it was emo rap. In its very infancy, gave birth to, you know, Cuddy, Drake, whoever else is out there that does a style similar to his and made it open and accessible enough for everybody to do the thing on it which lent to everybody just being okay with having a down day instead of just rapping about whatever doesn't really make sense. Or, I mean, what we've heard rapped enough about like so many times where it's like cliche. You know, there was that one. Uh, One of my personal favorites. I don't know if it's my favorite one of his. That, That still goes by default to drop out the debut album. But close second is definitely Dark Twisted Fantasy. Stuck more to the formula of what we got from graduation, late registration, and dropout as far as actually him rapping. But it was still him. It was still 
Kanye stamp all over the project. Even though the accompanying film, even though it incorporated all the music from the album in it, was absolute trash. It was beautiful trash. It's kind of like that movie, The Room. It's so bad, it's good. Yeah, visually stunning. The fucking film, of course, yeah, but it's absolute garbage as far as what he trying to put out there as far as the story. I see the intent and the way he tried to, like, put it all together, but it was, like, uh, not well executed. I mean, Salida Ebanks in a bra, you know, bronzed up and, like, showing up most of, mostly just her tits. And, of course, Kanye's acting skills were on full display, and God almighty, please be good to us and never have us sit through that again. I mean... The little bit we got from Anchorman 2 in the fight scene was proof again that stop acting. Don't ever act again, please. And I guess that's to his credit because he always insists on that he can't be fake. Or he can only tell you how he feels. He can't tell you how to feel otherwise. Watch the Throne, the one he did with Jay, the collab album. Another excellent project. Different as far as the sound, sonic landscapes concerned. Yes, absolutely. But he took a risk as far as making the sounds, crafting the beats he crafted, even if it had Jay on it and it kind of felt like a um like a cushiony pillow to land on. It still worked. It's still out there and it's still Kanye to the fullest. His, you know, brain fully on display, his genius fully on display and fully flexing it, of course. Gee, I love that project. It put me on full display. It showed my artistic dexterity. Jay, come on. I'm trying to work here. We'll have you, you know, be able to chime in whenever you want. Yeah, I'm just trying to get my input. I know, I get it. But, you know, you got plenty enough to input inside that beautiful wife of yours, Beyonce. So how about we keep it at that, boy? So, yeah, Watch the Throne was ill. Jesus, that's the breaking point. No, that's the boiling point of him being experimental. Literally, because it was all kinds of different. I had to go back to it a lot of times to really not feel like it's so new, it's puzzling. But I did like it initially, from the get-go. It was just so different. It was a sonic clash of, like, the titans and shit. Like, it was just a lot of cling, clang, cling, clang, 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 clang. It felt like that, but ultimately, I'd still give it Two thumbs up. A very good album put together. It was solidifying the decline of his, you know, production value versus lyrical dexterity ratio. You know, the lyrics were starting to take a hit. I mean, it was still clever, funny, controversial throughout the project, but that's where the decline start to become very evident on Yeezus. Overall, I like it, though. It's still salvageable. I don't remember if he did the Gardner Barclays, but I did. Yeah, I won tickets, actually, uh, thanks to the Daily News. Shout out to them. They just had a contest that morning and that afternoon of, like, I got an email saying I won and a call to confirm to go pick up the tickets uh, later on that week. So whenever that was, I had to go all the way to Newark or someplace in Jersey to go pick up the tickets there, but it was worth it. It was, like, decent seating. I still got the video, the footage I took on my old iPod Touch, you know, that's way back when. That's uh, 2014, 2013, I want to say. That was an excellent one. Uh, Life of Pablo, I got my whole beef with that album. 
I mean, the album isn't bad. It's hit and miss, a lot more hit than miss. Kind of back more to rapping, thank God. At least more than Yeezus was. It wasn't bad. It wasn't, you know, I like it too. It was it was a good album. Pretty, I, I could sit with that. I can enjoy that thoroughly and say I fuck with it still. I had my whole beef with that album like I mentioned. It was uh, basically... I had pre-ordered the album, I think, off the website, his website, I think, actually, uh, to download the digital version of and get, like, uh, one of the shirts that came with it, and um, that turned into a whole fiasco. It took me six months to actually get that shirt, and just a shirt, too, my... uh, Mind you, I still have that shirt. I'm actually looking at it right now because I got it as um, memorabilia. I never wore it because that shirt quality is absolute trash. I think it's uh, Gildan. It's not even Fruit of the Loom. It's Gildan. And FYI, this is referencing back to, I think, episode four of the podcast. Um, shout out to Angel, AO Productions, of course. His sweatshirt of his brand of clothing, AO, I mean. Still one of the most comfortable things I've ever worn on my flesh, pause. To this day, I look forward to the season we're in now, autumn, as brisk and cold and nippy as it is outside. It's a pleasure for me to wear that fucking sweatshirt, because it's well put together, it's well structured, it's comfortable. I'm actually about to wear it now once I'm done with this episode to head outside. I forget the brand he used, but he actually broke it down as far as the material, the person he got the material and the sweatshirts from the science behind it too and how gildan or the brand that kanye used to make the life of pablo tour t-shirts was absolute trash and i do remember now actually on the yeezus tour when i tried to cop some merch i was surprised i shouldn't have been surprised considering it's yay but i was surprised at a shirt as simple as the design was just because it said yeezus on it and it was kind of an ill design was like a hundred, hundred and twenty dollars. And I'm I'm talking about a t shirt. Not fucking no sweatshirt, not no like tour jacket, exclusive shit, nothing whatever. No. Absolute plain as, as fucking day t shirt was a buck twenty. And when I was like, Alright, fine, it's the last batch. Tour's halfway done, I think. I'll never get another chance to buy this again. Let me see if they got any of my sizes. They didn't even have my size. So when you're trying to upsell me to a fucking extra large, he's like, oh, yeah, considering you might need this, he misjudged me. He fucking body shamed me, of course, this fucking old-ass cracker of all people. Uh, he fucking tried to upsell me to 150 oh, because this will go quick, you know, considering you're big. And, like, and I was like, you, you cunt. No, I don't want it. Fuck you. I was asking for my size, and you could have just kept it at that, but now you turn into a whole thing where... Now we need to go fucking hit up the nearest weight scale to see if I actually put on that much weight like that. God damn. Uh, that was that shit. Um, yeah, Life of Pablo was all right overall. Then we get the yay. I remember I took a day off from work because it was supposed to come out that Friday. Part of that Good Friday fucking Good Music Friday album releases he did a year ago. That was one of the albums that actually dropped on the Friday intended of instead of like a week later, two days later, whatever, with this, you know, finishing touches bullshit he's been pulling on us for so long now as a tired and old excuse. Uh, Yay was okay. 
uh, more proof of not so much risk-taking, but Ye's take on the music of now, which is the popular sound, trying to adapt and evolve with it, but still had his sound, his stamp of Ye throughout it, so it wasn't bad. I mean, Ghost Town is good. Uh, whatever the opening track was, um, was it Violent Thoughts or whatever? I liked it because it was just different. It came out of nowhere, like left field. But you can tell, like, it was just a reach to kind of, like, spark some controversy. I mean, tapping into his uh, mental health and all that, how he was feeling at that point in time. I get it, but it was just a ploy, really. It was just like, you know, trying to grab whatever sort of attention he can get from his open and willing despair, um, airing his dirty laundry, per se, how he's feeling, which isn't bad, which... Not at all. In no sense of the word is it bad to do so, but how much of it was legit versus how much of it was actually something we could kind of take from as far as listening to the album's concerned. I felt it throughout, but I think it was kind of blown out of proportion, so yay. Was okay. Production again, good. Overall sound is, you know, not bad. More good than bad, but still kind of really treading that point of like dangerously approaching this is kind of trash but a couple of listens afterwards like okay i could fuck with it now we go into the other release during the pleasantly surprised by and an excellent excellent album throughout uh, kid see ghosts the collabo joint with cuddy absolutely loved it start to finish my only you know disappointment was that it was so short I really wish it would have lasted longer. Could have gone on a bit longer. Some songs could have been stretched out to maybe just one more verse. Maybe just let the loop ride out a little bit on the production. It's things like that. Um, uh, Ghost Town Part 2 with um, Ty Dolla on it was and still is my favorite song on that album and probably one of my maybe top five yay, Kanye songs of all time. Cuddy sounds like a brand new man reborn literally as he intended to sound on the album. All fingers crossed with all signs pointing to eventually Kid See Ghost Part 2 will come out, which I think should have been the next album from Ye. Not this piece of shit we got now. Jesus is king. Yeah, I, I, I feel so angry and so let down and so distraught about this album. It's not good. Again, like I said... The only tracks I tolerate and would go back to on Jesus is King I'm talking about is Follow God. I fuck with it, you know. Uh, Track three, Follow God is the one I'm talking about. I like the beat. The sampling is cool. I fuck with it. Uh, He's rapping kind of nonstop, kind of like it sounds like those one winded take verses that like pun would have pulled off or whatever. But um. Even with that, it sounds lazy. It sounds like kind of phoned in. It sounds kind of like pasted in. So this is why I look at the album as like, you know, couch slash lazy gospel. There's like no real compromise behind it. It's like I just so happen to find my, you know, recluse, my sanctity in Jesus more so the church because the church does emphasize christianity i mean jesus as king and savior 
but I think he emphasized too much on the church aspect of it instead of actually Jesus being the one to save your ass. Because I don't get no compromise. I don't get no validity from, I don't get anything that would make me feel different. Because, I mean, Kid See Ghost may have had that intent as an underlying tone, you know, underneath, you know, excellent production, great songwriting, courtesy of Cuddy and Kanye together, and whoever else might have had some input on it, too. Now, am I saying Kid Cuddy <clears throat> would have been the saving grace of Jesus is King? Maybe. Maybe that's what I'm saying. But something was sorely missing from this one right here. Kitsy Ghost again was like unintentionally like feel good, gospel e uplifting. Like I felt reborn from reborn. Fire was just that fire. It built up like some fire inside me, emotionally, internally. Ghost Town Part 2. I remember when the fucking album dropped, clearly, because it was one of those moments in time where music really connects and kind of paints the vivid image of where you were when you first heard this song and fell in love with whatever, whatever. I was in the fucking shower, rinsing out the conditioner out of my hair when Ghost Town Part 2 came on and the whole fucking uh, chorus of, I don't feel pain anymore, you know, coming in, blaring as it did. The sample was fucking perfect for that beat. Ty Dolla, his vocals getting layered on top of each other, and and that having done as the fucking choir, the gospel preaching, I'm free. There I go, singing again. But yeah, that was just beautiful. It made me stop what I was doing mid-rinsing of the conditioner in my hair, and like just, well, I was looking at my phone because it was playing off my phone, but look at my phone and be like, this is beautiful. Like This is just fucking a gem. People going through something right now, and I was going through, yeah, out in the open with it, I guess, fuck it, it is horrors and terrors of depression, pretty much still. As I'd gone through with years and years of said depression, it was like, huh, this shit gave me new hope. I felt real good listening to this album, Kids See Ghosts, I mean. And, and the whole thing was just throughout, just beautifully put together. Like, there was real love put into it. and. Again, there was the unintentional feel-good factor of it, but there was actually compromise. It was actually like the Holy Spirit was embodied in this album without that being in the intent whatsoever. There was soul to it. There is no soul in Jesus is King. It's vapid. It's empty. It's lacking of the Holy Spirit. Again, it's. it seems like he just found a group of people and I'm not saying this towards uh, the choir folks he got on the album or he's been doing the Sunday service thing with, but it feels like he just got in good amongst a group of people who just so happened to find him in solace and despair, took him in, read him a couple of things, and now he's like fully entrenched and hooked onto this teat, proverbially, of course. You know, he's got those tits at home, you know, Kim's, of course, uh, he should be having fun with those and... Why would you be depressed with tits like that, an ass like that, a face like that, you know, waiting for you at home? But again, I digress. It looks like he just found a group of people that took him in. He latched on to the proverbial teat of the sanctity of a couple of passages that really spoke to him and had him feeling deep, deep in his feelings that, okay, this makes sense or this is where I should go. 
but didn't really go past that or didn't really get the bonding or the moment of where it all speaks so clear and rings so true to you to progress to the next thing, per se. So there's no engagement. There's no compromise. There's no locking on to, like, everybody else felt this. I'm just kind of joining in because I see where they're going with it. But they all had their moments of waking up to it or this is God. He's all powerful. I accept his son as a savior and Lord in his image. Here's my Holy Spirit uprising and uplifting and becoming who I am and embodying me fully. There's none of that there. It's like he skipped a step. It's like he took a shortcut directly to God is good. The message is good. Everybody should take it as is. Jesus is what I'll overemphasize throughout the album and use as a name that everybody can relate to. But I'm just using it because I didn't directly feel nothing from any of this. And it hurts to say that because you can see, of course, from obviously Jesus walks from every album he's done till now. There is that theme running its course. It's like embedded throughout his sound, his songs, his albums. It's there. But it was like forcing out something that's been so au natural about you. You didn't really have to like force it out of you. It's always been there. This album feels like he's trying to like dig in super deep. Like like trying to reach down a clog drain with like a clothes hanger and pull out whatever might be the first thing that comes out and just put that out and be like, yeah, this is what caused it. Instead of digging a little deeper with like a snake getting the Drano, you know, the brand name Drano. Don't ever buy the off brand because that'll just fuck up your pipes even more. You know, get the brand name Drano. It comes with the snake in it too. Clear it all up. So you see clearly what went through and fuck things up to begin with. So you know not to repeat that or treat it better. It's kind of like just digging blindly, hoping to hit something. And whatever hits just happens to be what you'll put out there or what you'll go with as far as the culprit. As far as your clogged drains and pipes go. But then you leave it half-assed. There's no engagement there. There's no real cleansing of. It's just, okay, I'll get to it, or hopefully this makes sense, or hopefully now at least I'll be able to have some running water without having backing up or stinking up the place with, you know, backed up water kind of thing. It's it's just not there. And also, I mean, people are going to bring up, well, you know, what about the joint with the clips reunited and Kenny G on it? Okay, fantastic, wonderful, but... Production for me wasn't there. I didn't like the beat. It kind of felt, I I felt like going to sleep every time I heard it. And this is me talking about Pusha T, who I was so animate and defended ever so proudly when Kanye came back to VMAs with Runaway and the people I was in the room with who deemed themselves all to be hip-hop heads had no idea who Pusha was. All they said was, and I quote, who is the guy in the gay-looking salmon suit. Pusha T, of all people. But, I mean, and of course, as great as it was, and I think I heard 
I think Malice might have been, or excuse me, No Malice, helped him with the lyrics on this album, which would make sense because he's now a, I never know how to use a proper term. Is it pastor, reverend? Forgive me in advance, but he's a holy guy now. So he would know about holy context and spiritual references, of course. But it just wasn't there. It was great to have him back on one track, both of them together, for the sake of Ye. Kenny G2 plugged into the mix and part of the formula, but it just didn't work. It's like the cake fell flat. It's like, you know, you, you put the fucking toothpick inside the cake to see if it was ready. It didn't come out squeak clean as it should, as I understand from actual bakers, to know that your cake is ready. You were just worried about the buns getting their glaze. And you said, ah, fuck it, we'll just, you know, do it now. Here's what they get if they like it, great. If they don't, well, we'll just tell them it was a bad batch. Which I get the feeling Jesus King might get that title put on it. It was just a bad batch. Um, I meant to do more with it, but, you know, my mental health was all compromised and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I got that really bad feeling. Now we're supposed to be getting uh, uh, Jesus is born. I think he said later on this year, some point not too far off from, removed from Jesus is King. And I'd love to remove all memories of Jesus is King from my mental and musical memories forever. Is it that bad? Oh, okay, it's not that bad, but you know, it's 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 a letdown. It's bad according to Kanye standards. This is the first absolute bad Kanye West album. You know, people said that about Jesus. It wasn't there. It was just different. But that's what he intended to do. Different as Kanye. You know, they said that about fucking 808s. As early and different as that was, it was still Kanye. Just Kanye being different. It was there on Watch the Throne. Kanye, but just Kanye being different. Same thing with Life of Pablo. Kanye, just Kanye being different. Same thing again, etc., etc. As you run down the line, yay, Kanye being different. Still Kanye, though. Kids see Ghost. Again, same thing. But this is the first time where he went safe. He put it out there just to put it out there. I don't believe the shit now about final mixes, finishing touches, last minute fucking rebuttals, turn this knob to the left instead of the right on this track to see how well it sounds or how different or what we might get out of it, whatever. No. This is just him trying to be like, I think. I think at his core, this is lazy. This isn't really me, but this is what I think people want from me to get some vindication, to justify how crazy I've been looking as of late. He has been looking crazy in these last couple of years. He has been looking crazy in these last couple of years, but then again, that's yay. We don't tend to understand him in time, but in due time. He makes sense. Not with everything, of course, but a lot of things he's like spoken into actual existence, it's, it seems like, but it just seems like more the case of 
Kanye kind of jumped the gun on things before they actually became truth or fact. It just so happens to be. He's like ahead of his time with a lot of things. But, again, final synopsis, I, I don't like this album. It's not good. Not good at all. I mean, terrible, bad as far as Kanye's standards are concerned. Overall, as an overall album, it's still not good. No. This is an abomination. This is the abominations of... Well, thank God this doesn't come out... Well, this is an abomination. Just like he said on Power, I was deemed the abomination of Obama's nation, or whatever. Well, we live under Trump's... Uh... Well, right now we're under Trump's reign. And this is just as stupid as everybody trying to impeach Trump now at the very tail end of his first term because things are looking like he could get a second one. I don't get political on here because that's not my bag. And to be honest, dead ass as I am and I try to be in everything I do and approach, I don't care for politics. Has he been bad? Has he been terrible? Or a, a dictator? Uh, an evil entity as he's been painted to be? I don't think so. Should he have been present to begin with? I don't think so. No political background. No, Not his field of expertise. And worst of all, he's from Queens. So that makes Queens look extra bad. But that's, you know, that's more of a vanity factor in this case for me. But, I mean, listen, it's, it's just a matter of people will point out things that Obama did or didn't do that were worse than what Trump did and didn't do as well. My takeaway from Trump would just be, has he done much to really deem worthy cause of, like, being a bad guy, being a good guy in the skies, on the low, whatever. I don't know. That's why, again, I don't touch those things and I leave it alone because I don't care. Honestly, I'd stay uninformed purposely because it's not my battle to fight. I don't care. AOC at first seemed endearing. Now, every time she opens her mouth, she's just more annoying to me and more embarrassing to have represent New York. That's just me, again, personal opinion. But trying to get Trump out of office now towards the very end of his first term and let's see if he gets a second term or he runs for it. Seems like, you know, the old running gag of when your mom left you early on Saturday, house to yourself, you know, you're going to, depending on the age, you're going to play video games all day. You're going to just binge watch, you know, cartoons or eat all day or as you get older in the awkward teenage years, if you're not necessarily bagging pussy like that, you're just going to beat off all day and, you know, ex-porn, uh, ex-videos, Pornhub, whatever you have, whatever your bag was you, was, you were doing that all Saturday as a given fact, actual factual. But then when mom comes home and gave you the only task of clean the house and take the chicken out the freezer, this seems just like that. You let him run loose do his thing for so long already, it's like America said, hey, don't forget to take the chicken out the freezer. When I get back, take it out by a certain time so when I get home, it's good and ready for me to just do my thing with. Now, 
We're acting like trying to get him out of office. Now is taking the freezer out at 3.59 when mom gets home at 4 o'clock or not even because you're that lazy. You waited until you heard the keys locking into the tumbler to unlock the door. And that's when like, and that's when you're like, oh shit, the chicken. Just point I'm trying to make, you know. That's what I got from Jesus is King. Lazy, slapped together, you know, gospel. It's like the one realm I didn't explore like that. So why not go that route and see what hits and what sticks? I don't appreciate it. I don't like it. And I can say this with the utmost assurance. If I see you walking down the street and I, even if I know you, even if I respect you, I commend you, I speak highly of you to other people. If I know that you loved and praised this album and I see you walking down the street, do not look in my direction. I hate you. I don't understand you no more. I'm going to not even glimpse at you from the corner of my eye. I'm going to simply wonder because I know your presence is there, unfortunately. And I'm going to wonder inside my fucking head who hurt you, who beat you, who gave you brain damage enough to like something this garbage? I mean, I don't care what fucking dialect, what language you speak. English, garbage, Spanish, basura, whatever the fuck else you speak out there on this spinning rock called the fucking globe. And you know and dominate that language. Get your Google Translate on. Translate garbage to whatever your native tongue is. That's what I got from this album. It is trash. It is no good. In Kanye standards, album musically, it's sacrilegious. It's using the clever scapegoat, the protective mantle, proverbially, of course, of Jesus to cover up the fact that this is a half-assed album. Even if it was pushed back, delayed, stalled, you know, tampered with at the very last minute as he swears up and down he did. It's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. I don't buy it. I wouldn't buy it. Thank God I have Spotify, so I only paid a Spotify premium and fucking got it that way. Because otherwise, again, I would have gladly bought a physical copy and done all sorts of physical damage to it. If I respect your musical taste, savvy, and or opinion... I'm going to wonder out loud what's wrong with you. I'm going to question our friendship and the validity of it if I find out that you praise, you sing the praises of, you call this his best work in years or, God forbid, his best album. Now, if you're religious and I know it, I might go, mm, maybe. I might question that still, but I'll be like, benefit of the doubt, okay, you're kind of stupid, but in the name of the Lord, I forgive you as he has all of us too as are we, his children, brother, sister alike, blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to severely doubt your legitimacy to being deemed a human being. You're subpar. You're an underling. You're a bottom-dwelling, feeding, scavenger, rat, vermin, rodent, insect, peasant. You're no good. You eat from the bottom of the barrel. Fuck you. I don't respect it. I don't respect this album. 
I wish this album was a physical, tangible, living being so I can sit perched on that Batman tip, pause, from a distance. You know, no Joker movie retelling the origin tale of, I mean, you, solely you walking down a dark alley and throw the nearest, sharpest object I could find. If I can afford a ninja throwing star, I will gladly make the purchase and lodge it at your throat. And as you lay down there, flat back on the street, cobblestone, cement, brick, whatever, as you lay there gasping for air while air transitions out of your bleeding, shooting blood, preferably jugular. I will stand above you and I will lock eyes with you, referring to this album, of course, and watch you die slowly and painfully. This is sacrilegious. This is an excuse to pump out Jesus as he's referred to and made music for before and said, hey, guys, here you go for in the name of Jesus. No, man, this is a dirty play. This is foul. This is wretched. You know, this ain't it at all. This is bad. This is horrible. Am I still a Kanye fan after this? Yes. I denounce. I disown. If I could abort this album, I would. Having known beforehand this is what we were going to get, I'd gladly abort this fucking album if it were a fucking undesired child. And that's talking about abortion as a touchy subject, whatever, but I mean in the sense of if, like, albums were... Children we didn't desire, I wish I could abort this album is all I'm saying as a, you know, example, proverbially speaking, not literally, of course, you know, abortion is your choice. Whatever you do with it, you do that. Go ahead. But it's no good. So if I could reference back to Joker, if you haven't seen it yet, spoilers, but pillow over the mom's face, you know, we don't need you no more. I found out how dirty and deceitful you were, whore. And need to put an end to you. That's it. You're done. Get out of here. You're of no good to this world, this existence, my life, and I don't need you. Please see your way out. And even if you comply and say, or not even say a word, you just turn your back and start walking out that door towards that exit and out of my life, I'm still going to grab the nearest, sharpest, bluntest object and just Lodge it towards your head. I'm speaking in terms of the album. I wouldn't cause physical harm to anybody in that sense. I'm just saying if the album were an actual person, this is the kind of crimes I'd commit towards it. Because this is trash. Bad. No! And I, I can't go back. But as far as this fucking album's concerned, no. It's bad. Get it all the way the fuck out of here. This is the Judas amongst his 12 disciples that will fucking kiss him on the cheek during the day and that same night he's selling his fucking ass and soul out to the nearest fucking devil that comes to him with the biggest fucking prettiest heaviest bag possible to do so. It's deceitful. It's sacrilegious. It is beyond bad. It is of no other good use. You are abnormal and I question your existence if you give this album validation.
that just so happens to be the horrors of and the third and final episode of this miniseries entitled Halloween Havoc, brought to you by Who This? That's me, the host of Something Spectacular. I'm glad, I'm happy you joined me for the long, winding, scary road that was Halloween Havoc. It was fun. I got to put on public display things I'm scared of, things I fear. It's all fine and dandy with me. I don't mind it so much. I just hope you get what you get out of it, which is something redeeming. Unlike Jesus is King, that album is trash. Fuck you, Kanye. Okay, maybe not so much fuck Kanye. Fuck that album. Because I went back to that big boy interview like I was talking about. Ye was talking that Ye talk, and a lot of it fucking hit. That's why I wish he would have just rapped on the album Sample some gospel records, sample some old fucking like church sounding things, whatever. You get some help from your fucking writing team, whoever's on there left that hasn't like just said, fuck this guy, he's loony and make that work. That would have been a lot better or actually find some validity to your claim to being, you know, reborn or. So into God right now, so finally tuned into him now that you can actually make something work out of this. But this fucking album wasn't it. It was absolute trash. Fuck that album. All right. Something spectacular again. Who this the host? Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the last episode again of Halloween Havoc, the epic miniseries. We'll revisit this next year again, hopefully with more installments as I feed more into the demand from the public. And I hope it continues to grow we'll be back with the regularly scheduled podcast afterwards but right now i'm telling you this oh boy oh boy listen catch me on ig who this is w-h-o-d-i-s-s-i-s on twitter who this without the is at the end i was able to lock that down early lucky me on youtube who this is number one at the end because that's usually how i envision myself when I made a Twitch channel, and I'm on Twitch too, who this is, one as well. I was hoping to be able to say that at the end of every game I won, but since I'm such a terrible gamer, you can reference back to episode one, part one of Halloween Havoc, where I go into detail about that. I fucking suck. So that never really stuck. And I don't know what game, if ever, will come out that'll let me feel like a winner is me. But okay, fuck that too. It's okay. I'm still a winner in my own eyes. Who this, of course, again. Something spectacular. You can catch the podcast on SoundCloud, Audio Mac, Spotify, iTunes, duh, of course, where it all started. And on Google Podcasts as well. I'm still exploring new varying platforms to get the podcast going on and listen to from. Uh, YouTube soon, YouTube, because I know a lot of you are actually on YouTube and actually listen to your podcast that way too, so I'm going to try to cater to you guys best I can. There's too. Got to pick up that call and get that bag ready to get this money and sponsors and all that prepped for me. Of course, I need it. I'm not crazy. Get that duck out of here. Fuck you. Bow. You fucking die, bitch. Just like I wish this album would fucking die too. Take this away if you must from each episode from now on. Parting words, I leave you with the following. You look life dead in the eye.
and you utter these simple but well put and meaningful words. Dame masa. That's right. Dame masa. Give me more. Literally it would mean give me more of the give me more of the dough. As in Frankie's preference woman, which would be give me more of that fat. No, give me more of that fat girl, because you're a fat girl. But still, Dame masa. Give me more life. I can take it. I can handle it. I'm grown. And boy, oh boy, girl, the way you're looking, I'm just going to keep on growing. Dame masa. And also, let's try to be assets, not assholes. We got enough of those running around on this planet, and all of us have been blessed enough to have one too, right in our backside. But what we don't have enough of are the assets in life. So let's try to be an asset to one another. Something spectacular who this Halloween Havoc has now ended. Thank you so much for tuning in and continue to do so. I'm out. Dame Masa. <laughs>